You're listening to Safety FM Min. This, this, this show is brought to you by Safety FM. Well, it's Friday, so you already know that this, well, no, it's not going to be a Safety FM mini episode. I got a special treat for you today. Hang on. It begins in Orlando, Florida and travels steadily to the West, beaming across North America and planet Earth and into your head. The world of safety never stops. And now, the Safety FM podcast and broadcast with Dr. Jay Allen. This episode of the broadcast and the podcast is brought to you by Safety Focus Moment. They're consultants that want to help you get the safety culture you've been looking for. For more information, go to safetyfocusmoment.com. Well, it's not all the time that we do it, but from time to time, we do change up the Friday episode, and this is a special occasion today. Today, I have the privilege and the honor of having a conversation with Dr. Linda Martin. Linda is an independent safety professional, a professor, and a Lorax. She does not have a hard time speaking what's on her mind. So in other words, if you're easily offended, this may not be the episode for you. Just wanted to let you know ahead of time. But we do take some deep dives in some different aspects of what's going on in the world of safety. This is almost a combination between the Jay Allen Show and the Rated R Safety Show. Take a listen to the conversation between Dr. Linda Martin and myself here on The Jay Allen Show. But normally what I like to ask people starting off with the whole thing is, why did you decide to get involved in safety? So, um, you know, I've had a varied career um, and I think people would be surprised by some of the stuff that I've done over the last 30 years. Um, I actually started out um, after college, I had gotten a, a geology degree and there weren't any jobs in, uh, geology, um, in the oil business. Um, and I was schooled by, um, one of my friends who's a, a veteran, um, in history. And he said, you know, that's because of the Iraq war and some of the things that were going on around that time. So you couldn't get into the oil business. So I went into environmental consulting and, um, Environmental consulting at the time was was just kind of coming kind of into its its own, and um, so I, I did environmental consulting because I I had no other job options, um, and I became interested in safety because I quickly realized that um, people weren't really well versed in Hazwopper or exposure, and um, and I was being exposed to things. Um, so I became an, interested in that way. And as I became uh, more of a project manager in that field, uh, became more interested in safety as, a, as an occupation. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's kind of where it kind of took a turn was maybe five or 10 years in after I had sat on a drill rig for, um, several years and watched a lot of gooey, gunky stuff come up out of the ground. Um, so that's kind of how I got involved in safety. Um, I've taken, uh, I've taken, taken some varied turns over the years. I don't know if you're interested in those. Well, here's the funny part. I actually had found the geology thing okay. online and I was like, I was like, is there a typo here? Cause of course that is a definitely a, a huge switch 
between yeah. one to the other. Yeah. So why did you want to go down the geology phase starting off? Uh, so what was the what was the interest there? <laughs> um, so I was one of those kids that really didn't know what I wanted to do in life. I knew I wanted to go to college, and um, I was involved in sports. Uh, bear with me here, and. Um, I, I won't to, hold it against you. I'm not going to hold that against you. <laughs> I went to school for physical therapy and um, physical therapy was in the same uh, bit in the same science building as geology. And I took my first anatomy course and they opened up the cadavers for us to look at um, as part of one of those anatomy courses. And I thought, oh, no. Yeah, I'm not I'm not doing this. And, you know, then I, I, I was it's it stunned me because then I was like, what am I going to do with my life? And I was walking down um, through the, the building thinking to myself, what am I going to do now? And I saw this display of rocks and I thought, wait, hey, I, I can get a degree in like earth science. Right. I can learn about nature and earth and how it was built. And um, and it, it just kind of blossomed from there. And I and I and I actually still very much appreciate um, the geology. But um, I have even though I have geology credentials, um, I've never really used them. And and so, you know, I've 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 taken my career path many different ways. I've been a police officer. Um, I worked on an organic farm for a while. Um, Hold I'm, on, you're you're, blow, you're blowing my mind here. Uh, <laughs> so there's been several changes. Yeah. And, okay, so I mean, this is good. This is good stuff because I sometimes sit back and go, when I tell people that I've changed majors five times, I kind of struggle when I first mention that. But this is good. At least there's, I know there's somebody else out there like me now mm. that I, you know, that has changed things. You so, know, that's a so good. The, go ahead. I was just going to say that's a really good. Um, segue into, you know, when people are looking for what they should be doing in life, um, life's a journey, right? And, um, you know, take that path, right? And, and, and figure it out, even if it lasts six months or, or whatever. Um, don't be, don't be hemmed in if you, for, for example, get a safety degree or a geology degree, and then think that, that you have to do that for the rest of your life. Um, because that's just simply not true. So you have to tell me about, the, you know, the police officer side. You, you know that that's going to definitely be a point of interest here. Sure. So um, I had been doing environmental consulting for a, for a very long time. Uh, probably, well, let me think. I was 34 years old. So I had been in the, in the field maybe 12 years or so. I had sat on a drill rig. I had worked in the field. Um, I had done project management. I had gotten all the credentials I needed to, you know, stamp things and sit in the corner office. And, um, I never really liked what I was doing. Um, I, I did like the protect the people thing and I did like the protect the earth thing, but, um, nobody ever liked to see the environmental consultant coming. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I know I used to work for transportation companies. <laughs> I entirely know what you mean there. Right. So, you know, uh, so you'd show up on a site and, and everybody's mad at you, right? The, the people that are being, um, you know, the pollution is getting to is they're mad at you. The person who's hired you is mad at you because, <laughs> you know, even though they caused the problem, um, you're the one who's, who's costing the money. And so it was, it was just a very tough, um, situation for me to be in. I'm, I'm very sensitive, uh, to other people's energies. And so, um, I, 
at the time I thought about being a police officer, I, it, it had always been something in the back of, of them of my mind. Um, my brother is a police officer, and I thought, you know, let me try this out. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm in a transition phase. I'm in a good space uh, financially. Um, I worked really hard to get in shape. I actually got hired by the Kenny Bunk um, Police Department in Kenny Bunk, Maine, and um, was a police officer for several years. Um, and it was it was a fantastic job. Uh, you know, you get to work with people. Um, you get to, uh, if you do it right as a police officer, you get to uh, solve problems. Um, you get to get into situations where um, you see things that you never thought you'd see in your life. And it was a great job um, for a while. Um, it, it ended for me uh, when I had to go to the police academy um, because I'm not really good with authority. And, um, and I'm also really, I have, I have a great idea about police being, um, they should be peace officers and they should be helpers and they should do all these things before they pull out um, force and all these other things. And I know I'm kind of digressing here. No, no, um, no, 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 no. I, I like where you're going here. <laughs> but, but we, you know, when, when I got to the police academy, they were teaching all kinds of tactics um, to these young people. Um, and I say young people because I was 34 at the time. And so they were a lot younger than me. They were 21, 22-year-old young men and women um, uh, to always be on their guard and almost be um, somewhat proactive instead of uh, looking for a way to solve a problem in a peaceful manner. And, and that's not to say that all the cops out there are, are that way. Um, but this particular police academy was, was, that's what they were doing. And I had a problem with it. And um, I brought it up and ended up not being in the police academy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> now, do I, do I ask the question, was it a choice or how does that end up working? Uh, it's so I, <laughs> or I, the illusion of choice. Do we go with the illusion? Uh, of I don't choice? know if I want to tell everybody my life story, but, <laughs> but um, that's I, why you're here. <laughs> I ended up telling um, the head of the cadre to do something uh, uh, to himself. Okay. And, and, uh, we, you can say it if you want to. I have no problem oh, okay. with that. So can, I say, can I say swear words on this? Oh, absolutely. I told the head of the cadre to go fuck himself um, and then uh, said my piece and I was ushered out. Um, oh, and, was you know, it almost immediately that they said, uh, hey, it was, it was time it was, to go? It was pretty immediate. It was pretty immediate. In fact, it was, it was one of the um, uh, times in the night when they would get you up at, you know, 2 a.m., you know, ring the bell, get you up at 2 a.m. and you had to have certain things on and they play all these little games. And, you know, at 34 years old, um, you have some life experience and, you know, they're going on and on and they're yelling and it's 2 a.m. and you're standing there in your raincoat and with your flashlight and, you know, whatever else they told you to have if the bell rings. And I just, I just stepped out of line and I thought to myself, you know, I'm not doing this. This, this is teaching me nothing. Right. And I have a say here in in what I'm learning and what I feel like this this experience is doing to um, the minds of the people that they're training. And and that's not to say the training is not right. It, it, it's it's to say the training was not right for me. So I, it was it was an immediate ushering out 
um, because so, they. So how many weeks are you in at this particular point? Um, I think I made it to week eight um, and it was an 18 week course. Uh, so, so in Maine, you can, or at least when I was that, you know, I mean, I'm 52 now, so it was a while ago. Um, at the time, you could be a police officer for a certain amount of time with a 40-hour course and some field training before you actually went to the full-time academy. And so, um, you know, had I been able to put up with that at, at 34 years old and gotten through the full 18 weeks, um, I think it probably would have been a different path for me because I really, really did like working with the public. I, I really liked connecting with people on that level of, I can, I can help you, um, whether it be a medical situation or um, domestic disputes or, um, you know, any, any litany of things that, that happened. Um, but I really did like the police work. Um so, yep. so, so here's the interesting part here. You referenced something earlier that, you know, it does affect you, the the feelings of, of others to an extent. You have chosen a couple of interesting paths where, you know, you're in, po- in positions that you might not be the pop- the most popular person inside of the org. So <laughs> let, let's talk about the police, you know, the police thing. And going into safety does not make you, you know, highly popular when you, when you normally walk into most places. So how did you, how did the decision here of going, okay, if this is how I feel, why am I going to do this? Where you, to an extent I'll, I'll word it this way, but you're always going to be the sore thumb, the person that sticks out because it might not blend in with everything else. So why the decision to go down there? To to go down the safety path? Correct. Um, You know, I think safety is, is this, I mean, obviously we're all in the business of, of trying to help people help themselves, right. Um, to make good decisions, um, to think about, um, either the task or the job or their family or, or whatever motivates them, um, to make the right choices, um, in the workplace. And, um, you know, there, there are many different ways to do that. I mean, from everything from the safety cop to the, to the uh, person who's the empath. Um, I think that I'm more of uh, the empathetic person uh, when it comes to, to safety. I, I want to know why people do things. And I think that, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people have been burned. Um, a lot of workers have been burned by people who it's just like, do it this way. And there's no discussion. And, you know, it's my way or the highway, and I know better because I have a degree, a certification, and experience, or whatever it is. And um, you know, I come from a blue-collar family, and so I know that that doesn't work very well on a construction site. Um, what works well on a construction site is, you know, uh, you have a lot of experience, guys. Um, tell me why you do things the way you do, and you know, I'm not here to tell you that I'm always right because I'm not. Um, but and, you're a doctor. You're supposed to be right on everything. There's uh, not a thing that uh, you say that is incorrect. Oh my goodness. Uh, oh my goodness. <laughs> there are tons of things that say that, that I say that are incorrect and people call me on that all the time. And you know what? Here, here's the thing. If you have the humility to say, um, you know what? You're right. I, I think, um, that goes a long way. Right. And I'm so glad that you bring that up because there is this perception with PhDs in particular 
that if you say something, you automatically know that it's 100% correct, regardless of what you say. Oh, and, it, and it's kind of weird because I've had, I've had conversations with other people that are, that have PhDs and they say, it's so awkward that people think that I know everything and I don't. Uh, and yeah. I, and I think, and I always love it when I get somebody on and they say, yeah, I don't know everything. Uh, and I, you know, it's okay to say that I was wrong. It, it is okay to say that you're wrong. And, um, you know, can I, can I, uh, insert a pet peeve here? Oh, go um, right ahead. when, uh, you know, as I've been doing research um, to get that PhD, finally, um, which you know, I know you have your PhD, and it uh, that moment that you get it, you're like, "Is this really over? It, it, you know, is this pain? Is this pain that I put myself <laughs> through? Is it really over?" Um, what I realized in the process is that there's a lot of stuff out there, um, especially in our field, where um, if people say it enough it becomes true. Um, and, um, so oh, we the, could still go down to different uh, path with that. No, you know? <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm, I'm very much about, um, you know, people being experts and, you know, I, well, I, I'm not, I'm not about them being experts. I, I, you know, I, that's fine if they want to call themselves ones, but nobody's the expert and nobody's the, uh, thought leader. And, you know, if you have to, if you have to give yourself that moniker, um, you're probably not. And so um, I see a lot of people publishing in different magazines. I'm not going to mention which ones. Um, oh, you're so nice. You're so nice. I know. You know, that, you know that I was told that if when I got you on that you were a controversial figure. So I'm kind of shocked that you said, ah, you're being nice. Well, so I'm trying not to get sued. We're only 16 minutes in, so we'll see how this goes. I'm trying not to get sued. <laughs> Jay, so, and I also want to—I also want to save some stuff for your X-rated show because I can go X-rated. Um, but so I, I see a lot of people publishing in. And let, let me be a little more specific. I see people publishing in magazines that um, are associated with um, membership organizations. <laughs> And oh, you're so nice. You're so nice. You know that I have a, I don't have a hard time saying the letters. <laughs> okay. You, um, you say I, the letters. You I know say. that they're not a fan of mine. They've oh. made that abundantly clear. Oh, they're so not. Okay. 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 Yeah. Well, well, so we're talking about the same people. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Um, and uh, while I like to read um, People Magazine, okay, I take people magazine with a grain of salt, right? Because <laughs> most of the time it's not research. It's like reading the national Enquirer, Right. But if people say it enough and you see it in enough magazines and, um, you know, people just keep hammering that, that point home that they want to make. And, and it may be a great idea. I am, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that some of this stuff is not a great idea, but, but there's no research behind it. Right. And so, um, you know, show me the research. Great idea great write-up, great thoughts, but show me the research. And I, and I don't think, except for maybe the Campbell Institute and a, a, a couple of the publications that are really truly peer-reviewed in the industry, um, truly peer-reviewed, that's a little knock there too. Um, well, and that's, that, that's something right there. And because that's the other thing is that sometimes people don't really take that deep dive into the peer review that they don't realize that sometimes there's other companies that are behind the quote unquote peer review. Right. That are actually financing the whole thing. And I'm not saying that it's the case with this particular organization, but 
sometimes people don't do enough research. They just go, oh, it's peer reviewed by X and it's good to move. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, so that's kind of, that's kind of what I'm getting at is that, you know, uh, there's, there's peer review and then there's real peer review. Right. And, um, you know, when we talk about things like that, we're talking about safety science and, and, uh, the Campbell Institute's magazine and, you know, a few of the other ones out there that when you are actually, um, putting together research for your PhD, um, those are the things that you're using. You're not, um, for example, citing professional safety. I'm so smiling right now, but nobody can see that. But I'll leave it <laughs> Am I going to get in trouble for this, this interview? <laughs> who, who are you going to get in trouble by? <laughs> nobody, nobody listens to this. I don't. Oh, oh no! How many? How many people listen to this, Jay? Is that, that's, oh, just a couple. Just okay, a couple. like a couple thousand, or <laughs> I don't normally don't talk about numbers, but uh, <laughs> okay. Am I going to be a frequent guest now? Because that'll be you're, you're, you're more than welcome to be. Believe me. So uh, we, uh, I always tell people we have a lot of space here. So <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. You know, I'm trying not to be controversial. I, I think I think I am. I think I think we're seeing. Um, and you can tell me if this is true or not. Um, you know, self perception is a little bit different um, than how other people see you. But um, I th- I think that people are seeing me as controversial because I'm different. Um, I think that I. Um, at least at this point in my career, um, honey badger, uh, excuse my language, honey badger, don't give a fuck. And, um, I'm, you know, I'm an independent, right. And so I can actually have my opinions at this point and, um, whether they mean something to you or they ring true or not, um, that's fine. And I'm trying to put stuff out there, you know, especially on LinkedIn, um, that I really believe in. And, you know, and I believe in a, in a unified profession and I believe in all these things that I'm saying. And I hope people see that, you know, what you see is I'm I'm WYSIWYG. What you see is what you get. Well, I think that that's the way that it should be. And I think that, you know, some people might turn around and say, yeah, you're controversial with some of the stuff that you, that you, think and that's perfectly fine because you don't have to always be pro-establishment and i have to tell you i have a hard time with some of the organizations that are out there and this is my opinion not putting words inside of your mouth i just want to make sure that i'm clear here (laughs) but this is that it is kind of like the good old white guys that are sitting behind the scenes trying to set all this thing up to make sure how much revenue they can generate and that's my opinion their marketing material shows like they're actually going after a younger demographic and that's not the case They're normally going after these older people that can actually present money to them. There is a membership fee to be able to attend any of their events. And then you have to, if you want to become popular inside of the organization, there's a lot of butt kissing that ends up taking place. And this is my, also my opinion, they actually put, you know, that value behind those three letters that you can put behind your name or different letter sequences, but the letter sequences on how you obtain it is very, very strange because you have to go through kind of some multiple sources on how, how you can get it where, you can almost get it from two different sources and it's kind of different each way on how you were able to obtain them. Yeah. So it's, it's very odd. So say it's just your opinion again. <laughs> it's just my opinion. <laughs> Oops. What did he just say? We at Safety FM don't always agree with the viewpoints of our hosts and guests. Now back to real safety talk on Safety FM. So, so <laughs> it's just my opinion. All of everything that I'm saying on Jay Allen's show today is just my opinion, my personal opinion, no opinion of anybody else's. So 
I, I sort of agree with you, um, Jay. Well, I don't sort of. I do agree with you. And I think um, at, at this point in my career, um, I'm finally finding that, um, you know, I served six years on the BCSP board of directors. And so I have been inside of an establishment. And I do see um, some of that happening in organizations. I'm not going to say, you know, uh, which ones, but, but if you look at the demographic of who gets on the boards of any of these organizations, it's not the young people or the bright people or the right people, um, for that matter. And, um, you know, I've had these conversations with multiple, uh, colleagues that, um, I have, I have issues with calling, you know, people young professionals and having a young professional board because, you know, if I've got somebody who's 25 years old and is a hotshot and smart and has great ideas, um, I would put them on a professional board any day of the week. Um, uh, same with, same with somebody without a degree. Um, if they have the experience or the, um, presence or uh, great ideas, they belong on those boards too. And the, and I believe that, that we've created, um, at least across the industry, we've created a lot of hierarchy and um, we exclude people for the old white guy board. Oh, absolutely. I, I think it's funny because I kind of go back and I take a look at a lot of this stuff and I've had conversations through with different people through these different stages of what we've been able to do here. And I find amazing that if I have a background in firefighting, this does not apply for me to be able to move forward for a qualification. There is certain limitations based on what my degree could be based on, yep. which, which I'm just like, I don't get it. Yeah. And I have all, I have a hard time understanding it. And I still think that it's interesting that there is such a, such a value to the three letters that most people like to to obtain. Yep. But nowadays with things that are going on, it's crazy that I don't think that the industry, and I'm not talking about the safety industry, I'm talking about just industry in general, doesn't understand what some work that has to be put into that. So I was looking at an ad a few days ago, looking for a safety professional with a CSP and a master's, a master's degree, $15 an hour. <laughs> so, can you send me that? Yeah, I yeah. need a job. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but but seriously, I can send you the information, but it's crazy because it means to me that standard organizations don't understand what that brings into inside of an organization. And I just don't know if we're actually pitching it correctly or how it's actually being presented. But then I kind of look at the other side is why is this not being taught from the organizations that are making this available? Well, I think I think for in some respect, I think they tr- they try to do that. I think they try to sell the value of, um, you know, belonging to an organization. They try to sell the the value of a certification. Uh, you know, I think that's the, you know, that's the disconnect. Um, if you have a solution for that, uh, I think you'll you'll make a million bucks. Right. Um, because why they're making a lot more than that. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Did I say that? <laughs> but, but I think, I think there is a real disconnect with, with, um, you know, how do employers choose value? Like what, what is value? Right. And, um, you know, from my perspective, value can be any mix of things. Um, 
you know, I, I'm that person that has the, you know, I have the 30 years of experience. I have a PhD. I have all the letters. Um, I have degrees like crazy and I'm, I'm getting more. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm the person that's the silver spoon of the industry. Right. And, um, but, but I will say that I have people with 30 years of experience and no degree and no letters behind their name and they can run circles around me. And I believe that they have great value. I also have, um, colleagues who are, that I've been mentoring who are young people and they haven't achieved certifications yet, or they haven't joined something. Um, and they're very, very, very intelligent and could be very useful to an organization, but they can't get hired because um, organizations don't know how to um, select somebody that meshes with what they do or what they want to achieve. Does that make sense? Oh, that, that makes sense. And of course, now I'm going to ask you that very strange question. Okay. What do you think that can be done to resolve something like this? Because you remember, you've sat kind of on, on the, we'll say the other side of the aisle. I did. Right? Just, and so. I did. I've seen, gone to the dark side. <laughs> I, some people might say that this is the dark side now. You never I like know. the dark side. Uh, <laughs> but, but think about it. Like, what can we do as well? We'll say as an industry, as safety professionals, to be able to kind of move this and, and kind of change that. And believe me, I'm not saying that there's not value added with some of these, what some of these organizations are doing, because I don't want it to come across that way because that's not what I'm saying. But there's some things that are in place that don't make sense to me, average Joe consumer. Yep. To- so I just don't know how do we move forward because yeah, they've been, some of these organizations have been established for a while yep. and I think that they do bring some good elements. Right. So I just want to make sure that that's very clear. Well, I but think, what can we do to improve? I think what happens with some organizations, and you know, again, you, you can choose any one of them, um, is that they get to a point where um, making money and innovating um, becomes more important than the than the professionals that we're trying to serve, uh, which which is which should be the primary thing right? That money-making shouldn't be the primary thing. It should be helping the people. And how do you do that? And, um, you, you know, I'm going to give a pitch for my, my Ceteria Society, right? Because that, that of is, course. <laughs> that, that is, that is the impetus behind, um, this idea is that, um, listen, I want a space for people where everybody has value and everybody can learn and, you know, we're not going to look down on you because you don't have letters. Um, there'll be people with letters in there. Um, we're not going to look down on you if you don't have a degree, although there will be people with degrees in there. And we're not going to look down on you if you're a student or you don't have any experience. Um, the profession should be open to everybody. And um, one, one of the things that I always say is that, you know, we handpick in our profession, and again, this is just my opinion, I think some people are handpicked um, or um, from, the, from the, the, you know, the easy fishing spots, and they are um, at a certain age put into a young professional's board and elevate themselves when they're 50 or 60 years old to um, the boards and or positions of power in the organization, right? 
And I'm very much. I still love that you chuckle every time that you have something really good you want to say. uh, You know, I I think everybody's going to defriend me on LinkedIn right after this. Right? Is this live? Wow. We. I knew that I should not do this one live. Okay. All right. So 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 this is not on the radio station. If you need me to, I can always offer that. Um. So again, and I will say every single thing that I say on this program is is my opinion, right? And and life is a journey, and so um, I had to go through many things in order to to see um, that the path is inclusion and not exclusion. And so, you know, that's kind of what I'm trying to do with the Soteria Society. This is something that I'm doing out of the you know the goodness of my own heart. Um, do I know what direction it will take? I'm, you know, I'm looking for people to tell me, um, you know, how to do it, uh, what has value to them. Um, you know, I don't want it to cost a lot of money that that's also very, uh, touchy subject with, to me that, you know, memberships cost money and letters cost money and professional development costs money. And, I'm a big fan of of all of that, but um, I also think that when you're paying money, you should get value. And so, um, you know, I've got a website I'm paying for out of my own pocket and a bunch of things that I'm paying for out of my own pocket. And I'm trying to create value and find value, turn up value where, um, where it exists, you know? And so, um, you know, that that's one way I'm, trying to get there is, you know, how do I create, how do I create the disruption? And, um, you know, if, if you want to call me a disruptor, um, I would be pleased. It's probably better than, (laughs) it's probably better than honey badger, but, you know, I would like to disrupt what we're doing and, and offer a different path. So let me ask, because you know this is going to come about, so then people are going to say, well, only do you want to actually disrupt because you're trying to do your own thing? Does this mean I have to have CEUs and a membership for this to be able to work if, if there's a new path that comes uh, about? Because you know there's going to be 10,000 questions. Yeah, and, and you know, and I'm trying to answer those questions. I mean, I'm not trying to be anything that exists out there, okay? I'm, okay. I'm just trying to give honor and and a place for people um, to feel like they're part of this profession and it doesn't matter if you have a degree, it doesn't matter if you have the letters, it doesn't matter. No, I'm, no, I'm not trying to create another certification. I'm not trying to create a, a membership per, per se. I'm trying to create a place of honor for people in our profession that they, they, they feel like they're part of something. And if there's a way that we can offer low budget um, or even or even free professional development. You know, I mean, I, I think I'm working on some things that that I'm that may work for people to be able to get uh, CEUs or hours in without paying a couple hundred bucks um, in order to maintain certifications. And so I think there's a path for that. I mean, I think there's a I have to find a way to fund it. Um, but um no, I'm not trying to create another certification. I'm not trying to create another membership. I'm trying to create a place where we all have the same goal, which is, you know, the absence of injury, absent in the area, and um, absence of fatalities, because that's our that's our goal, right? And so if you 
um, join and you wear the pin or you um, commit to mentoring somebody that you're doing it not to get them a certification, although you, you could do, do mentoring for that. Um, but, but really to help them learn, right? Um, because there's a lot of people that don't get a chance to learn because they weren't handpicked for that trajectory to be on a board of an organiza- organization. And, and I got to be honest with you. I mean, and again, this is just my opinion. I lucked out um, to get on the board of certified safety professionals when I did. Um, I was nobody special. Um, I don't all, I don't even see myself as somebody special today. And um, it just so happened. I feel like hopefully some people think I made a difference when I was there and I served with integrity. Um, but, um, you know, that doesn't always happen that way. And I want people to feel like they, they can make a difference in whatever space they are. So I'm going to ask a couple things here because I want to make sure that I have a clear understanding. When did you come up with the idea to come up with a society? Like roughly when did you say, okay, this is what I want to move forward with? Well, so, so this was kind of germinating, um, back when I was working, uh, before I came off the board, um, I was, you know, thinking about this. I had, had kicked around the idea of, you know, what would it be called that kind of stuff. And, um, I actually was consulting and, and doing some other things. And then, um, just so happened that, uh, a position came open with the board when I was coming off. I think people know that I was the chief learning officer there for five months. Um, didn't work out. And, uh, you know, oh, you the, know that you so just grazed over that. Uh, didn't work out. It didn't, <laughs> it didn't work out. And so, um, listen, listen, Jay, don't get me in trouble here. <laughs> I'm not getting you in trouble. I'm just asking the questions. That's what, uh, that's what the audience wants. It didn't, it didn't work out. And so, you know, that this is my way of kind of going back to the roots of what I believe. And, um, you know, I'm not trying to hurt anybody. I, re- I really am not. I, I, I believe in certification and I believe in obviously believe in education because I, I am an instructor at several schools. Um, actually just recently, uh, took a job with Capital Tech University where I got my PhD, um, to be their safety programs chair. So I believe in education, okay. right? Oh, congr- congratulations. Thank you. And I, and I, and I also believe in experience, right? But I, but but most of all, I believe that there's no right or wrong way to move through a career. And um, that one does not supersede the other when it comes to being a good professional or being good at what you do. So what would you say to the people that might just turn around and go, you're only doing this based off of vendetta to actually get back to the people that where you left? <laughs> you know you, you know you, you know that somebody's out there thinking that. i've always you done, know listen i've always done my own thing okay and um spoken my mind and um tried to live with integrity and ethics and i would hope that people don't think that that's my motive um you know again I, i'm not trying to make money i'm not trying to take money from anybody else It's just, it's a labor of love. And, you know, quite frankly, um, after uh, I was no longer with BCSP, I had a period of time where I had a lot of time to think about what's important. 
and um, you know, that happened to be on my patio with, with a couple of beers, but <laughs> um, you know, uh, what, whether, whether you take it at face value or not, um, uh, what you see is what you get. And I care an awful lot about our profession. I care an awful lot about people and I care, care an awful lot about the workers that we're trying to protect. And I know that sounds trite, but um, I do care. And I, and I, I'm the, I'm the Lorax, right? I'm the Lorax of the safety profession. I care an, a whole awful lot about what we're doing. And I care an awful lot about people who have uh, potential um, and don't have a path. Wow, you showed us me, you referenced Universal at the same time there, the Lorax. I love it. I, you should show, you showed me to turn everything orange now that you have, just to make a reference to that. I see the marketing all over. I'm going to put the Lorax up as my picture on LinkedIn. Um, oh. You know, I mean, and, and maybe that's, you know, maybe I'll find that that's not the way that people will come out after I talk to you and they'll say, oh, she's full of shit or, you know. There, there's always going to be somebody that says I'm full of shit, but, um, you know, I loved, I loved my time at BCSP. Um, I think it's a great organization. I think they do good things. Um, I think, um, ASSP does good things. I think NSC does some amazing things. Um, but this, this is different. This is about, um, just a place for people to land and be valued. So if somebody wants to know more information about the society, where can they go get some more information? So I, I set up a group on LinkedIn. Um, I probably shouldn't have set that up first, but uh, you know, I just kind of was, <laughs> I just kind of was just like, well, are people interested in this kind of thing? Like, are they, are they interested in um, not being classified in, in this way? And, you know, again, the, the, the foundation is, Listen, if you want to get a certification, go do it, right? If you want a degree, go do it. And if you want experience, go do it. And and I stand ready to help you find a way, right? To help you find a path or at least cheer you on, right? And what I found is um, I'm getting a lot of feedback from people in the industry who have all these things or none of these things. And they are also standing at the ready to help others. And that is an amazing feeling. You know, um, I just wanted to mention a couple of things that have come up. I know you asked me for how to get in touch, but let me just mention, uh, you know, I had somebody come up to me in the last week and uh, say, you know, wow, I wish you were a not-for-profit because I have a full scholarship for an MBA from a regionally accredited school. And I'd like to be able to, you know, have you um, administer it. And, you know, I'm, I'm not a nonprofit yet. I, I don't even know what I am right now. I mean, I'm, I'm just trying to gather people together and see what people want. Um, but that kind of support, I've had companies come up to me and say, I think, I think what you're doing is great. And they support everything else. They support ASSP, they support BCSP, they support NSC, but they still want to support this kind of um, uh, idea too, right? Which is, to me, is amazing. And so um, I think there's a space for it. Um, 
so there's a there's so let me get back to your question because I no, think no 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 I think, no, no I, I I like what you're doing here because you're really kind of laying down the groundwork of what you know here's what's going on and let's just kind of call it for what it is it's kind of like that grassroots aspect it's kind of like building it and seeing where it goes it's not this planned determination of hey this is where it's going to end this is where the journey's going to go it's. Yeah, you it's know, destination. Jay, Jay I, I, with the stuff that I do, I, I make enough money for my family to, to live. And, you know, the teaching that I do and the jobs that I have and the consulting and, and you know, I'm always open to, to other opportunities, too. Um, so I'm not looking to make a million bucks. I'm not looking to make, uh, you know, something that puts other people out of business. I'm looking for... Uh, a way to be a helper, right? To, to, to take those people that always feel like, wow, I don't have the letters or I don't have the degree or I don't have the experience and people, people don't take me seriously and I'll never, you know, I'll never be able to have a voice and to give them a voice. Okay. And um, so to get back to your question, the, the group is on uh, LinkedIn the Soteria Society, and you can invite yourself. Um, you also can connect with me there on LinkedIn if you want, uh, accepting connections, also accepting, you know, what about this? You know, give me give me a message. Um, and then I also have a website up that I've been working on. Um, the URL is www.soteriasociety.com. Um, and again, I'm looking for people to, you know, give me feedback. Um, I'm certainly, I'm working on this on my own, on my, on my free time and putting my own money into this um, just because I, I believe in it. Okay. Hold on. You said free time. You, you don't have a lot of that. I, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I know this. I know how long I, I had to get, go after you to get this to happen today. So, so, so I do have enough free time. So, so since, since May. And you guys can, you can count that back. Since May, I've had a lot of extra free time. I do do a lot of teaching. And so, you know, that, that keeps me busy, but I have a five and seven year old, um, two girls. And so I've been spending a lot of time with them in the afternoon, um, while they swim in our $25 Christmas tree pool. And, um, I drink beer on the patio and I think of things to do, um, I am coming out with, I'm actually signing the contracts this week and probably next week for three books with Wiley Publishing. Woohoo! Congratulations. I know. I'm really excited about it. I've, I've actually partnered with a few of my colleagues on um, two of them, and I'm going to write one of them on my own. Uh, I can tell you, if, if you're interested, I can tell you what the books will kind of be. You know that that's what exactly I was going to ask <laughs> next. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> We're gonna to have to come. I'm gonna to have to come on for another session, and I I want to be on the X-rated version. I think that's really kind of interesting. <laughs> well, what I tell people, what I tell people with that other show is that they can host it. So we would just give you the reins, and you so do I whatever just go on you there want. And just swear for like 45 minutes or something. If that's what, if that's what you want to do. We're also on LinkedIn on that show currently. So yeah, that'd oh, be pretty interesting. Hmm. We'll have to talk <laughs> about that. Um, so what was that? so so the three books? One is um, one is basically a practical field manual for. Uh, safety professionals. Uh, I think that there's a gap when we teach young people, you know, uh, and, and any professional, 
for that matter, that, you know, like it, coming back to school and they're getting their safety degree and they get out in the field and they go, uh-oh, um, you know, the instructor said confined space are always like this, right? And then you get a confined space and it's really not um, like that. And so we're going to write a pretty lengthy field manual. Um, Dr. John Mulroy, um, who's the uh, OSHA consultation, PA OSHA consultation director um, and a colleague of mine, we're going to write that together. And it's basically going to be geared towards kind of a cookbook of, well, now what do I do? <laughs> now what? <laughs> click, 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 click. Um, and, and certainly you can't put everything in a now what do you what now what are you gonna do book? Um, but we're gonna we're gonna do we're gonna try. And I already see that there's an app being built around this for the quick answers of uh what do I do next? Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, and yeah. And you know, <laughs> I'm I'm a fan of phone a friend, right? Um <laughs> when I was consulting and I tell this story a lot that um I went out on my own and, uh, you know, when you're out on your own, the paycheck is you. And so when the phone rings, you pick up the phone and somebody goes, can you, right? And then blah, blah, blah. And the answer is always yes, right? The answer is yes, right. I can, yes, I can do that. <laughs> I, can um, do that. I, have, I have something going on right now, but let me call you back to discuss that. And you hang up the phone and you go, how the hell am I going to do that? Right. Or who do I know that can guide me um, to the right answer? Right. Or can tell who has done it and can help me do it. Right. Um, and that's a very important skill. Um, so that's kind of it, it's kind of a phone a friend, um, but in a book form. And, uh, you know, hopefully Soteria will serve as the phone a friend uh area where people can can get something without paying a big fee um, but we'll see how that kind of shakes out um, the second book I'm writing with a friend of mine um, that's 30 30 years he's been my friend he's a PE and it's going to be a book about uh, how to um, get safety uh, people to be able to um, participate in design reviews in a meaningful way because I think a lot of times engineers and designers and architects, um, you know, when we talk about 30, 60, 90 design reviews and prevention through design, um, they're all speaking a different language than we are um, as safety professionals. And so when we come in on design reviews, um, we're thinking of kind of obvious things and they are thinking nitty gritty, uh, you know, what kind of rebar am I going to put here? Or, you know, how am I, how does this room look? Or, um, and so, uh, actually my friend Glenn came up with this idea. Why don't we, why don't we kind of lay it out how engineers think, right? So that safety professionals can, can come in and not say at the 30% design review, I think those stairs should be yellow. Right, because stairs should be yellow is ninety percent. <laughs> it's not thirty percent, right? Thirty percent is. I really think you need to put a parapet wall in there. Thirty uh, percent is, you know, um, what are you doing with the electrical? Um, that kind of stuff. And so, so that's kind of the gist of the second book. And then the third book, um, I said I'm a lifelong learner. Um, at Capital Tech, there's a 
uh, tuition remission for additional uh, degrees. And so I'm taking their master's degree in construction cybersecurity and um, and kind of just general cybersecurity. And I'm going to write a short manual on construction cybersecurity. Um, very interesting. For the next That's very year interesting. So, so I, I'm... I'm so do you have a timeline for all three books? Well, the, the contracts are supposed to be coming in this week. I'm probably not even supposed to be talking about them. Um, <laughs> I'll delay this. Can you a, just delay a, a this hair. until like next week? <laughs> yeah, um, I can delay it a hair. For sure. <laughs> so, um, you know, so I'll be working on those three books, uh, two of them with other people and, and one by myself. Um, I'm chairing that department at Capital Tech. Uh, which has a construction safety bachelor's and master's online, and then also working uh, with dissertation students um, on their PhD in occupational health and safety. And so, oh, the dissertation days. Oh, I'm so telling much you fun. what, though. I mean, <laughs> so one of the things that I get great pleasure out of, and you, I mean, when you're on the other side of it, it's painful. Right. Of course. But when you're in the, but when you're in the coaching part of it, it's really very fulfilling. And um I get to get my hands in a lot of the research um that I normally wouldn't, right? Um I have twelve dissertation students right now. And they're working on, you know, everything from ergonomics in the hemp ind- industry to uh CBD gummy effects to um, well, I see a theme here. Cer- Hold on. Cer- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Certain kind of welding exposures, um, you know, fatigue, psychological safety. I mean, it, it kind of runs the gamut and I get to get my hands in all of it, but I actually don't have to do the, the heavy, heavy duty lifting. And, um, but there are a lot of people out there that, that are so excited to be doing that research and I'm happy to help. Well, that's good. That's good. That's good to hear that they're excited about doing it because I know that, at that during that time of life, it is very frustrating in regards to the things that were happening, at least for me at, the, at that particular point. Well, Linda, I have to tell you, we're going to have to do this again. There's just no way that I think this is going to be a one and done. Oh, no. But it definitely could. It could not be this long of period of time. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And, and is everybody going to hate me at the end of this? Like, oh, nobody's going to hate you. I, I mean, I can't, well, let me rephrase that. There are some people that are not going to love you after this, but there's going to be some people that are really going to love you so it's kind of a mixed bag this is the way that it works i'll take the people who are going to love me i mean i'm 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 going to tell you right now jay i'm a i'm a good person what you see is what you get um i'm empathetic to to everybody in our industry and i want to i want to make it a better place um i'm on the end of my career i know that sounds silly in my 50s but um you know whoever i can give a leg up to at this point in my life um god damn it i'm gonna do it well, I have to tell you, I have quite a few friends that are in their fifties that they're telling me they're that they're you know they're they're semi-retired and done. I think they work more now that they've been saying that semi-retired thing um, <laughs> since then. So I'll t- I'll take that with a with a grain of salt. Right. Well, I have little kids, so I mean, I, I'm probably going to be working until I'm like eighty, anyways. I'll be wiping <laughs> tables at McDonald's with a mask on. <laughs> Well, this brings another episode of the Jay Allen Show to an end. Definitely not our traditional Safety FM Mini. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Dr. Linda Martin. For more information about the Soteria Society, go to SoteriaSociety.com. 
It will also be listed in the links. By the way, are you wondering why the heavy metal music? It's the kind of music that Dr. Linda Martin likes. Anyways, I've been your safety manager and host, Jay Allen. And until next time, be safe. Want more of the Jay Allen Show? Go to safetyfm.com. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.